Welcome to the Team Trashcast, where we talk about life in our 20s and we find all kinds of ways to laugh about it. I'm one of your hosts, Wasteland, a.k.a. TJ. I'm Dr. Compost, a.k.a. Aaron. And I'm Logan Landfill, or Landfill Logan, whichever you choose. I hate that you can't decide on your own name. <laughs> it's for the audience to decide. <laughs> that's, that's our listener participation. That's the only listener participation <laughs> that we will have. So for our first segment of the show, uh, The Dump, this is an intro and in, in topic in how to be a great boss. So guys, what makes a great boss to you? Well, I feel like we should kind of tell them like what The Dump is. So, a dump is basically where we have a... So <laughs> you go to the toilet. <laughs> so we go, <laughs> we go to the toilet. We, you know, um, one of do our, your business. The dump, one of our many trash theme segments that we have, uh, where we like to give the best, worst advice, advice possible. possible. Yeah. And this episode has a theme. It's the boss episode. It's our like a boss episode. So, we want to um, talk about how to be a great boss. Okay, first step. Yeah. Never do any work. Delegate to everyone else. 110%. Yeah, that's a great way to be a great boss. Don't let a hand. I think uh, a way to be a great boss is um, start every conversation with uh, with mandatory shoulder massages. But you have to make your employees give you a shoulder <laughs> massage, you give them a shoulder massage. That is a fantastic way to be a great boss. Another tip on how to be a great boss, before your coworkers even clock in, have them do a task. <laughs> Sweet. You, you, know mean, how... you mean off the clock? Yes. Yeah. Off the clock. Right, Absolutely. Right. You know, I, you know, people people would say that a, a great boss knows that working off the clock gives you the best performance out of your employees. Yeah. Ha, um, have it. Ha, you know how everybody loves the office? Yeah. Uh, just basically be by, be Michael Scott. Be Michael. Yeah. Be Michael Scott. Yeah. First and second season, be Michael Scott. Buy yourself a mug that says "World's Best Boss." World's Best Boss. That's mm-hmm. how you know you're the best boss. And we're not. You ta- yeah. Buy sorry, it for yourself. <laughs> And we're not talking about, like, you know, the sweet Michael Scott that, you know, tells Pam she drew her paintings really nice. Oh, yeah, no. We're talking about the Michael Scott that, you know, completely harassed his employees in those early seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, uh, we think that he's the ideal model for a leader in the workplace. Yeah, you know, just run over the redheads with your car. Disclaimer, we have nothing against redheads, for the record. Uh, uh, yeah. It's just, yeah. Good. <laughs> All right. Well, um, you know, I was kind of thinking, you guys, for today's show, um, in this being the boss episode, that I would, um, how should I say this? You know, we should probably make a little disclaimer here. Uh, don't follow any of the advice that we give in the dump. Yeah. Or, this, no, this is this is all sarcasm, folks. It's yeah. Just, it's just, just, just roll with it. <laughs> I, I, I'm friends with a few people in, in leadership, and uh, these are terrible things that you sh- uh, should not be doing. And anything that we say in this podcast is just us letting off some steam. It is not at all... Take it with a grain of salt, folks. Exactly. It is not at all meant to attack any um, person. Now that we've covered any you know legal liabilities <laughs> that we may run into, I have an idea for you guys. So, I have an idea to pitch for the Back Alley Ideas portion of the show. Oh. Uh, for the back of the ideas portion of the show, uh, this is basically where any of the hosts can pitch an idea to the, the other hosts, and the other hosts are allowed to, um, they can listen to it, hear it out, we can discuss like the implications of it, or if they don't like it, they can deny it and like decline it at any point during the pitch. Give a big old nope. A big old nope. Um, uh, nope. <laughs> so my back alley idea for you nope. guys, it's, it's a little bit of a long one, but I want you guys to kind of go with me on this, okay? I already said no. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> um, so my, wait, are you really, are you really no, cutting? No, no. Okay, okay. <laughs> All right, so my pitch. Let me just kill the show for you. <laughs> he's, he's, he's keeping the sarcasm from the last, uh. from the last segment. All right, so um, now that we're done with the dump, we're going to go into back alley ideas. So my pitch for an idea. All right. You guys know how I'm a really big fan of the game Super Smash Brothers. Correct. A wonderful game where there's a I had t- no idea. <laughs> I don't know if the, the audience can tell that you're being sarcastic. Yeah, that's probably fair. I mean, we, we play Smash Brothers like every other night. Yeah, sure. We do play a lot. Um, so the game Super Smash Brothers, for those who don't know, is uh, it's a very big video game where lots of different characters from Nintendo and lots of other games get a chance to kind of fight each other. It's kind of one of the, the ultimate crossovers. So I'm a big fan of it. It's a really popular game. And I always make this crack whenever people kind of complain about when they're playing the game and they start to lose. They're like, oh my gosh, why do you keep hitting me? So I always thought, well, 
the game's called Super Smash Brothers, not Super Peace Treaty. And then I thought, what would the video game Super Peace Treaty look like? Ooh. And it kind of went a little far, and it turned from this game called Super Peace Treaty to kind of like a life simulator that's just really, really depressing. Oh. So here's my idea for Super Peace Treaty. All right, you start. It's a it's a VR game. So you start in an office. So like you are like signing a piece of like legislation, and you are like like you're, <laughs> you're like a. You're, <laughs> The game starts with legislation? Yeah, so, so it starts... So you're telling me the most boring beginning to a game ever? Here, here's a video game. Sign a paper. Yeah, exactly. Yes. So it starts... I need this in my video so games. So it starts with a handwriting minigame, and you have to try to, like, write inside of several boxes. It's basically you signing documentation is, like, the first part of the game. Um, okay. So you're in an office... Are they like, user agreements? They they can be whatever you want them oh to be. Gosh. The first okay. the first few can be user agreements mm-hmm. and then and then like after that for like the intro roles then you can have your <laughs> then you can ha- then you can have like your version of like the Folks, treaty of Versailles sure or something like that. The user agreements. The user. Oh, you mean like the user agreement for the video yeah, game? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I kind of that's kind of brilliant actually. Yeah, well, like also the game doesn't terrifying. Even, the game doesn't even have like a company intro screen. It could just be like the documents <laughs> are like. The documents are like introducing the uh, companies that have worked on the game and the, the user agreements in the menu uh, screen, and it's like draw an X to like start the oh, game or so, something. I hate um, this though. <laughs> <laughs> all right, but but hear, hear me out. Hear me out. All right, so all right. basically, you start the game signing like different like pieces of policy, like you're okay. some kind of like office worker or politician or whatever. Oh man! And basically. This is where the game gets like interesting and like dramatic. Oh. You because this first mini game is like it's just you at work. You have to do this every day. Basically, you have to okay. do this handwriting video game at least like five times. So you get to finish. Wait, 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 wait. Hmm? You have to play this five times before you even start the actual game. No, no, no. It's just like okay. it, there will be several times during the game where you have to play it. It's like on a calendar, like one of the Persona video games. Okay, so yeah. I don't know what that is, but okay. All right. The Persona video games are these time management games where you're like on a calendar and you get to like it's like an RPG, um, right. and you kind of like have to be like one. Well, it's like a social life simulator huh. plus like an RPG, and you like play, like do you like dungeon crawl as well oh, as like cool. go to high school and stuff. I know. I that's interesting. I actually didn't ever know that about Persona. Anyway. Yeah. So um, basically, so my pitch basically you start like you start signing the policy, and then um. When you're done signing the policy, you get up and you leave your office. Like, you spent your day at work. And the the next part of the game is you have to, like, do interactions with characters and whatnot. And one of the main characters of the game is going to be your secretary, okay? And it turns out that you learn that you've been harassing your secretary, like, throughout the game. But we're, we're doing this. We're setting this up because, like, what the way what you've been doing, basically, is every time you see your secretary, you ask her if she wants to hang out after work. And you learn that, like... Like, you basically will later on learn that you shouldn't be asking people to hang out at work like this all the time. Because here's... Or a, here's at all. Yeah. <laughs> well, here's the spoiler. Uh, the secretary is going to get her own spinoff game. Okay? So, you finish you finish the game. I mean, you finish and you're finished work talking to the secretary. Let me just get through this. I'm literally... I, I was talking through this with someone at work the other day. And, like, I'm just... I'm riffing here. Okay. So, you finish work. Uh, you finish asking your secretary to hang out you notice that like she gets weird and she says no there's like gonna be a bunch of like dialogue options to ask her to like, hang out and finally you escape the conversation and you go home and uh you you go home to like your wife and your wife learns that you've been like asking this woman at work to hang out all the time and your wife ends up leaving you and it turns out and here's the kicker the wife actually becomes one of the main characters in the secretary spinoff game because they end up in a relationship together so it turns out that your secretary is going to be with your wife or your ex-wife now and you the rest of the game is basically how to live through divorce it's like if marriage story was a video game and you had to like live through like you had to live through like a sad mundane life and like so basically you know that video game as a, as a divorcee, yes. As a divorcee. So there, for those who don't know, there's a video game called Life is Strange where you play as a teenager. I've heard of it. It's a great game where you play as a teenager in like high school and like you kind of just go through like coming of age things. It plays like an indie film. It's a really well done game though because you learn that the girl has rewind, time rewinding superpowers. And so that's kind of a play on like how she makes decisions and it kind of evolves into a bigger plot. But it's actually really well done because it starts as a basic coming of age game. Right. This game is going to be nothing like that. It's going to be revolutionary and game breaking because it's going to take 
the similar sad plot of like Marriage Story, even though Marriage Story is a fantastic Netflix film, Adam Driver is incredible in it, and you are going to live through a divorce. So it starts, so like you have to like go to work and pretty much the whole game is dialogue trees in like those handwriting video games. The only caveat is, is like the dialogue trees are just like basic mundane stuff to work because your, <laughs> your life will become more and more empty as the game goes on. In contrast, the spinoff game with the secretary is all about like the secretary and your wife discovering themselves and becoming like awesome women and discovering what it means to be like really great people and like you will be a side character in the spinoff game, but you'll only see yourself kind of like becoming sadder and like you show up in the first episode, <laughs> but you don't show up in the later ones because like the divorce is like over and you and the you, the secretary and the wife go on to live a very happy life. Whereas the juxtaposition is that you as the, the peace treaty writing guy, uh, your life is sad and meaningless and the divorce kind of like wrecks you and you get to decide how the game ends. Like, do you end up like, just living a non-existent life or like however you want it to go. But that's my pitch for Super Peace Treaty. I love it except I... for everything. <laughs> <laughs> yes, this game sounds like it would be awful. Um, the one thing the one thing I But am... it'd be so different. It would be so different. But I would not play this game <laughs> myself. Like somebody probably would. Yeah. I wouldn't. Where yeah, like I, your life I... leave your wife leaves you in... there is a game there like there is a video game where you do get divorced in the beginning of the game. Yeah. I think it's a uh, Heavy Rain. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, there, he- there's a whole lot else that's going on in Heavy Rain, though, right? That's true. There's, uh, um, your child passes away. Yeah. And, like, your wife, like, you guys well, just can't keep up the marriage. And then isn't it, like, a, it's a whole, like, vengeance quest to go find the person that, like, kidnapped the kid. Yeah, right? exactly. It's so, a very good game. I've heard great things about it. Mm-hmm. L.A. Noir. Yes. Um, Wait, your wife divorces you in L.A. Noir? Yes, she does. Because uh, you cheat. Oh, oh, no. Guys, this oh. is the episode where we spoil L.A. Noir for TJ. Oh, no! Oh, no. I'm still playing L.A. Noir. <laughs> oh, boy. Dude, it's been like seven years. Oh, it's been, oh, it's it's been, been so long. I it's know. It's been almost nine years. It's like, I know, oh, yeah. you've been fishing oh, this point. It's your fault. I'm sorry. I had no idea. Well, tangents all aside, look. So instead of calling the game Life is Strange, we could oh, call no. it Super Peace Treaty, Life is Terrible. And then, like, and, 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 and the, the Secretary spinoff could be Birds of Prey, the Emancipation of One Secretary. So, like... <laughs> a secretary's emancipation, yeah. yeah. ICC, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we I, understand why we're I've, being sued. So it's, I, have one, it's cool. I, I have one question. So, yeah. if, so the, the divorce... The divorce peace treaty guy. Yeah. So uh, that you play as in yeah. the first game. So would he? So after the divorce, is there like a post game, or is it just like once the divorce ends? No, no. The, the divorce is the game. Like the process of getting divorced and your life okay. becoming like empty. This but is, you also so there be like awful. so but there you be learn like, that you've been kind of like a creepy dude. So right. this man has oh. to like come to grips with the fact that well, he's been a person who's okay. made people uncomfortable. But is there like any like side quests like in the side? Like so can you like go out and, like you can like go to the, you can like go to a Whole Foods and something. You can go to like a bar and try to meet other women. Women, but this man has to slowly come to realize like the person that he's been and he All has right. to resolve to be better but you have to choose whether or not he does become better gotcha i'm gonna approve this are you <laughs> but for one reason and one reason only why is that i don't endorse this game why are you why are you record, approving why are you approving this it, idea uh uh i'm gonna go on a whole tangent here okay okay all right video games yes are art yes they are right the great storytelling. And typically, I play video games to escape my real life. <laughs> Did you go through a divorce? No, I haven't. <laughs> and I don't necessarily plan on it. It's a weird thing to, I wouldn't, weird thing to put in your calendar. weird thing to plan on. A weird thing to put um, in your calendar. But also, uh, I wouldn't make the same decisions that this guy did. Mm-hmm. So there's that too. Um <clears throat> No, well, you, the secretary has to be made uncomfortable so she leaves, so she gets her spinoff game. So, like, this guy has right. to be a creep at the I beginning that, of the game. I get that. I get that. But what I'm saying is, um, video games are art. Mm-hmm. And uh, I believe that we should have different kinds of art. And maybe it doesn't appeal to me, but it might find its market. You sound like you're in so much pain. I <laughs> am. I'm in a lot of pain. Idea. I'm going to be honest. I, I'm going to turn the idea down because just thinking about it makes my head spin. <laughs> Yeah, it, it does. Like, very I, sad. Literally, when you're sitting here pitching it, I can actually picture the scenes like in my head. Like if I was developing the game, and good God, does it make my head spin? <laughs> I mean, it's dark and terrible and gritty, but like you know, so are some other great games that people think are like phenomenal. I mean, The mm. Last of Us. 
Oh, it's a great game. Gosh. It was a, such a sad game. But it was so crushing. Part, part two end. coming out May 2020. Yes. But would the game have been yes. so good if we didn't have that cruel actions of like the character? Of, like, your main character. Like, if it didn't have all that action... Well, yeah, but I mean, like, Joel's would... also a good person and, like, is a it? good character. Well, uh... Well, mm. well, well, okay, well, we don't want to spoil the game for people who haven't played it, but... I mean, I, I don't know if I can call him a good person, but his character choices make sense for who he is. And, that's true. And I think that... Because, to be fair, he lost his daughter at the beginning of the game, yeah. so... Yeah, yeah. Well, for, yeah, well, okay, that is a spoiler, by the way. Uh, yeah, kind of. Well, it's, it's of seven years. Exactly. That's yeah. Exactly. Anyway. So, uh, tangents all aside, so uh, that's going to be a no from you, Logan? I'm you... actually going to say no, for the record. <laughs> <laughs> so, Dr. Compost and Logan Landfill have both turned down my pitch of Super Peace Treaty, uh, Life is Terrible. Yeah. And This game is terrible. This, this is terrible? <laughs> Did you guys at least get what I was going for with the whole Birds of Prey title? Oh, yes. Thing? Yeah. <laughs> It's like, it's like when Eris says like that when he says like that's that's uh, when Doctor Compost says like oh that's that's terrible like you see like there's like those game review like quotes that they have on the back of the game that's like one by like IGN <laughs> <laughs> this game is trash says I love everything says, ab- I love Dr. this except for everything about it um, uh, uh, Doctor Compost stamp of disapproval all right well uh, uh, you you know what and you know what it's a risky idea. It's a risk. Yeah. It's a risky idea, and to be honest, I it was just a riff that a buddy of mine and I at work had just come up with, and we just right. really just like made this person's life sadder and sadder <laughs> and sadder. We understand, <laughs> but maybe we're just not the uh, the company to float this idea for you. So sorry about that. All right. Anyway, well, thank you for letting me pitch my idea to yeah, to the back alley. Of course, back alley ideas incorporated. Mm-hmm. We take all the bad ideas, all the bad ideas, and some of them are okay. Um, before we go to the ad break, do you guys want to just kind of talk a little bit about what actually makes a good boss to you? Yeah, I'm, if I'm keeping it real, um, it's going to depend on a, a few different factors because it's very easy for us to think strictly about what makes a good boss to us from our perspective. The multiple things that a manager has to juggle and things that they have to think about versus what their coworkers or their employees have to do a lot of times as the employees um we won't see the other things that our manager has to be taken care of we only will see physically what they're doing that's a good point or, they, have to, or pretty much like what they want you to see basically well, see what i my I always thought about really this just is the stuff you're present for exactly mm. and what i always thought is that we sometimes sometimes have a little bit more res- perspective in that when we have to remember that just because we have to remember what we see is not the sole thing that there is and given that managers do have to kind of think on things at a bigger scale than an employee sometimes it's a little easier to have empathy for them it doesn't mean that all their actions are justified but for me it makes me understand okay there could be an additional reason why they're making this decision sure. Correct. and it may not be something that they themselves want to do i once talked to a manager um of a company i worked for um where i asked him like hey how do you deal with the fact that there's so much you have to like like you ever realize how much you have to oversee and it's like i think about it every day um because there's so many people that i'm responsible for and i was wondering it made me wonder like does he also like feel it every time he does make a mistake because he's human so for me what makes a great boss to me is somebody that allows me to be uh allows me to have my own autonomy but still can kind of like provide like if necessary a to-do list of like, all right, what like do we need to hit? I want there to be a good communication there, like us to kind of like talk it through. Um, I can understand if like business decisions are being made because I realize that every time I get mad, it may not be this person themselves. It could be a lot of other different factors and this person is a conduit through which I have to see it. So I think transparency sometimes, not every time, because it'll be a little much if they are transparent every time, mm-hmm. but transparency sometimes a little bit in a manager is something that would really work a lot for myself like allow me to kind of organize my schedule my day but so tell me what you need from me and i will have your back and support you but i would ask for that same thing that you are transparent with me so that i can still you know um know what like we need to do or to have like whatever perspective we would need like when working right to work to your best ability yeah exactly i feel like for me there's a big difference between somebody being a boss and somebody being a leader true um yes and <clears throat> Excuse me. Like a boss. Um, and I feel like the best bosses I've ever had are the ones that really take on a leader mentality. Okay. Where they're like leading the people, like leading everybody, but they're working with you. Um, so, um, 
people that really build a positive community of the entire establishment um, working together towards a common goal. Um, I, I think that that's the most important thing is that they're with you in the trenches, basically. You, right, um, and right. they see what you see, and they're trying to find ways to maybe help you um, to conquer your problems um, and to help kind of lead you forward. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm maybe coming at this from a different perspective because I'm in a, you know, I'm a, I'm a teacher. Mm-hmm. So um, mm-hmm. it's a little bit different when you're teaching as opposed to maybe being in a business. Um, because you get to have more autonomy in your day. Yeah, today. exactly. And we don't ha- exactly have the bottom line of revenue, mm-hmm. right? Um, for teachers, typically, our, our bottom line tends to be, sadly enough, like test scores and things like that. And so um, we try to find different ways to solve problems that help get kids in classes more and make sure that they're not roaming the building or something like that. Um, that tends to kind of be like what we're going for. Um, I would say the big thing for, for, for me, for like my favorite bosses have been one, have been ones that really kind of get in on the work with you and, and help you through stuff that's going on. They don't just kind of bark orders at you. They're really, they're, they're leaders. Um, and for me, my position in particular, I, I try to be that kind of role model for some of my students too. Um, because I work in a, I teach a subject that has a lot of leadership opportunities, right? So if I am like standing in the front of the room conducting the ensemble and I call it my ensemble and this is all about me, then it becomes a very like me focused thing as opposed to a very ensemble. Right, like, kind of like egotistical. In a exactly. Way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I use we a lot. I say, okay, guys, when we're doing this, let's make sure that we are, you know, articulating more clearly or something like that, whatever. Um, and it just it builds a more positive community and they all kind of see that I'm there with them and it makes I don't know it makes the learning process much much faster much better for the band so yeah what about you Logan um I I would say somebody who leads by example somebody who can do what they ask others to do so that being if I'm tasked with something Mm -hmm. but yet you're my supervisor how come how how come it how is it that you don't know how to do what I do like, if you're at a higher position than I am, how did you even get there? Sure. So I think I, I can actually, I might actually be able to respond to that. Because, like, and I don't know if you can relate to this, mm-hmm. um, at my previous employer, not the place I'm working at now, but my managers would say, oh, hey, you need to do this. And there were plenty of times that I would hear about, you know, hey, did you hear about, like, they did this, they did this, and... Basically, it was a bit of rumor, but I would look at the managers and I would say, like, you know what? It's sad, but I can honestly see that. Like, just by the way they, like, resent... What do you mean? Judge... I'm, I'm based, maybe I'm just basing this off of, like, my own perspective or, like, maybe coming across as a bit judgmental, and I apologize if I am, but, like, just given, like, how I would, how I would see them, like, operate... I could tell, like, you guys have no idea what's going on. You mm-hmm. have absolutely... You are completely blind. Yeah. So, like, they're more like um, managing people, and they're not able to do the day-to-day tasks. Correct. Okay. It's like, yes, I get it, you're a manager. Like, that's pretty much in your job title. Mm-hmm. But yet, at the same time, like I said before, like, lead by example. If you... If you... Like, practice what you preach. Like, if you're telling sure. us to do a certain thing, like... And then we ask you, it's like, okay, like... Like, how do I do it, like, the best way? Or, like, how would you do it? And they say, oh, I don't know. How is that instilling a sense of confidence in you? That's, that's true. No, that's that's going to be very difficult for you. It is. Because my original thought when you brought that up was mm-hmm. basically, like, what you're kind of exhibiting. And I don't mean this in an attacking motion. I just mean no, no. It in a sense of... this. I'm sorry. Let me stop for a second. This is such a different tone from... <laughs> Pitch in the dump. I'm uh-huh. so, that, yeah. the, that factor of that is still just it's, lost. It's on a me. little weird, but yeah. Because you know. um, now we're an HR podcast. Um, sure. <laughs> <laughs> welcome um, to HR well, podcast. Welcome uh, to uh, episode three. Welcome to the trash place, uh, where we talk about how <laughs> things fine. are crappy in the workplace. You know, actually, that's not a bad segment. I name yeah. segment idea. Trash, trash place. place, where we just kind of complain about work. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sorry, but what you're kind of exhibiting is. Um, that difficulty we have with empathizing with the people who kind of supervise us because it's so 
it's so hard for us to forget that like okay when this person and i are done at work they're just another person i might see at a bowling alley or something like that pretty much yeah and what you're saying does is does make it difficult because i've had people like that in my career where the minute someone tells me something like that or like oh sorry i can't help you with that it's not that that person doesn't have value but i do notice sure. that involuntarily i immediately unassign validity or like um i i unassign confidence to this person yeah, and to be honest, there could be a certain amount of decisions i could go to them for and if they aren't able to help me it may not even be their fault because they could have been poorly trained or not no so i can't fully blame them True. but i do know my response is will be a lost confidence in them um, right kind of maybe involuntarily maybe voluntarily it really just depends mm-hmm. right and that's how i would feel at my previous employer yeah but I think I mean, the thing that's tough with that too is that like, not in, in not in every position do you like move up the ranks from like, uh, for example, if you're working in a restaurant, mm-hmm. you may not always go from like server to manager to general manager, right? Like you um, might come in at the top level, right? And if you mm-hmm. and if that's the case, then like every kitchen and every restaurant is different. So if you're a general manager for like the front of house, and you go to the back of house, and try to talk to the kitchen workers, they're kind. Of, I mean, this is what I've seen a lot from working in restaurants is like the back of house the kitchen will kind of be like you don't really know what we do back here because you're you're just managing the people at the front and like you don't see how we cook specific meals things like that and i mean so like that's kind of tough like there's definitely a disconnect there there's and and there's going to be and there's going to be and i guess that's i mean that's one of the interesting things about capitalism and like um work in general is that people have different skill sets yeah and that's like that's like the uh hr department of my current employer like when i got trained on they would tell us oh you know there's certain departments there's a certain department if you go into it it's really bad you know this not basically talking up a bunch of negativity and it's Mm -hmm. like once you get down there yes it is a little bit but like it's not as bad as like what they make it out to be sure I mean, it's just a disconnect between exactly, exactly. It is. because all they do is sit in an office all day, and that's, and it's, in in a way, I guess it's a jab at them, but in a way, I don't mean it to be. Mm-hmm. But like again, like you said, like like you just said, it's a disconnect. They are unfamiliar with it. Sure, I can actually very much empathize with that disconnect, and I'll let us like kind of close out. Yeah, um, this idea. part of the show um, with that is that. Um, I worked an HR job once for a company where I came in not having any experience with a company or not having any experience with the departments, the way that the company kind of ran itself. I was glad to have the position, but when I came into it, I came in completely blind. And I later got a chance with this company to actually work on the same level with the people that I was um, supporting. And... I, when I got that experience working with them, I had a far better understanding of what they needed from me in terms of relatability, in terms of communication, in terms of work ethic. Sometimes I just needed to listen. Maybe sometimes I just it helped me to understand what my approach should be when talking to them far better. Even just working with them in their departments for a couple of weeks helped me far better in my time at this company and in that job than it did three months not connecting with them in that way. But the difficult thing about that is is that you can't have that same privilege with every job. Right. And like, yeah, like you you'll you'll mesh well better with like some of your bosses than you will with others. Yeah. And sure. honestly, it makes the how am I gonna say this? It makes being a great boss an even stronger challenge when you can't find that link of relatability because it's a lot easier for us to kind of cast off people right. very quickly. Mm-mm. I know. Speaking of great bosses, <laughs> I think is it time for a break, guys? I think so. Uh, we're actually going to run an ad for you guys. We don't have sponsors, um, so we just kind of create ones that we would love to have sponsor us. So uh, we're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to come back. This ad comes to you from Great Bosses. I once heard this really great quote that people don't leave companies, they often leave managers. Just letting you all know that not every boss thinks of you just as a statistic or just another body. There are people out there who support you and want to see growth in your career path. And when it comes to supporting, Great Bosses are definitely something we would want to see supporting this show. This is why we picked them as our fake sponsor for today. Great Bosses. They do exist. 
Hey everyone, welcome back to the Team Trash Cast. Today we're going to be doing our second dump of the podcast episode. For this, for, <laughs> I know that's such a bad title. Oh uh, god, gosh. why did we name this? <laughs> why did we name it that? Ugh. It's amazing. Regretting all I my life it. choices. Oh my god, this is gonna be. People are gonna hear this, uh, or they may not. But it's just, it's gonna be archived uh, <laughs> forever. Yeah, who knows? All right, so dump two point So yes, yeah, so how to talk to your boss? I got it immediately. Okay, I'm just gonna just gonna recall what I said earlier about how to be a great boss. Start every conversation with your boss with a mandatory shoulder massage. Just every time you guys talk, like, hey, uh, hey Ted. Uh, do you mind uh, staying over an hour? Oh. <laughs> well, no, 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 no. Like, no, you. This is, you, you say, are yeah, you saying that you're, to your boss? You're, so are you saying that to Look your boss? Like, no, are you asking oh, oh, your no, boss no, no, to stay no, late? No, no. <laughs> you want to ask your boss to stay late? No, 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 no. So, yeah, uh, you want to start every. You gave me, I need some help with it. Yeah, exactly. Mind, Just, yeah. Like, <laughs> even if, like, you have to walk into their office and walk around them and they ask, like, hey, what are you, like, what are you doing in my office? Don't talk. Until you've touched and made contact with your boss's shoulders. Oh, boy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Always be as confrontational as possible. Oh, yeah. Undermine their authority every chance you get. 110%. That's, that's what you go for. It's mm-hmm. like, I mean, it's it's the office, but there's nothing that says it belongs to them, mm-hmm. right? Make the office your office. Right. Does it have your name on it? No. Exactly. It's mine. You you basically you know you want to act as though every day is opposite day in communication with your sure. boss. If they ask you, hey, can you just get me a rundown no. of uh, what's exactly? You want to just be as oppositional, oh, right? If, as you, possible, can, right? Can you get, Let me do my job, mm-hmm. right? Can can you uh, can you assist so and so with their with their work? Or you know they're having a little bit of trouble. You say, yeah, sure, let me sleep on it. Mm-hmm. And you know what? You, you, know, you, you would want to also, I think, maybe play a role reversal with your boss without telling them. So basically, go in every day and give them things to do. Delegate to them. Tell them Kinda how like their the days... Kind SpongeBob mean? Like... <laughs> <laughs> you basically, each That's day... That's how mock your boss every chance. <laughs> exactly. It's just like, whatever they say, just like parrot them. Even if they're talking to somebody else, like, hey, I need those papers on my desk. And here you come around the corner, I need my papers. I love it. If your boss ever tells you that they need your papers on their desk, all you need to do is tell them, hey, but did you get those papers to me on my desk? Uh, just you always want to make everything be defensive, confrontational, right, right, make everything right, right, right. a question. Be did opposition. you say hello to me this morning? I see you did. And you want to throw the most shade. Like, I can't remember. The, what's that meme? It's like a black guy that's like looking. Like, his, he's like curling his head down in his neck with like a judgmental look. Mm. <laughs> but I can't. I'm not describing it well enough for the podcast. But basically, these are wonderful ways to talk to your boss. Yeah. Absolutely. It's definitely how you should talk to him. How to get fired the quickest. <laughs> oh, man. Well, that well, Team Trash Cast edition. <laughs> team tra- uh, again, we just like to say don't ever follow this advice. Don't ever follow this advice. Do. If you. <laughs> Have a career you are passionate about? Yeah. Do not follow us. I was, do not follow this advice. I was any- listening to um, uh, uh, a live episode of Mabim Bam. Um, What's my Bam? My, my brother, my brother, and me. Okay. Um, and there was somebody talking about how they were like talking to their boss, and they were like thanking them for giving them days off or something. Their boss went for a handshake, and they didn't know how to respond, so they like panicked and just hugged their boss. Oh my god. <laughs> Oh, that so is so that. uncomfortable. Um, Why wouldn't you just handshake them? If they're all, if the boss is already extending like, the handshake. Uh, I guess it was after like a really long shift and they were just like sleep deprived and not really sure what to do. So You could even make it worse. The only way you could make that like a little less awkward is maybe if you just like dabbed them instead of like... <laughs> No, no, like if you, you were going, if someone yeah, no, on your boss, no, not I'm not oh, like you no. go in for the handshake, you go in for the handshake. Oh, yes. <laughs> Yeet, no, uh, I know this is an audio medium, but we all just dabbed I'm in not, 2020. I'm not endorsing you dabbing on your boss. What I'm saying <laughs> is what you said though. What I'm saying is to dab up your boss. Do you guys understand what I mean when I say dab up? No. No. Okay, this is the problem with having white co-hosts. When I say dab up, I mean instead of going for the formal handshake, go for the... Oh, 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 okay. Exactly. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Like... Like, like, just like go like for a cool handshake, you know, like yeah. bring your hands in, clasp them, and like touch shoulders, basically. Oh, it always... Which also, oh, you guys have a black co-host and a very good black friend. Yeah. You should know what I mean when I'm saying dab up someone. Oh, you know him? Um. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. Uh, I kind of just want to have like a segment where every corner I explain something about black culture. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man.
on the Trashy 20 segment, which is the meat and potatoes of our show, uh, I thought a great topic for us to do, since this is the Like a Boss episode, is where we talk about irritating things that a boss has done. And again, I'm just going to preface this by saying we are just using this to vent. We're not going to, of course, name any bosses or companies nope, at all. It's completely confidential. It, exactly. And it's it, we would I would even find it a little unprofessional. Mm-hmm. But it's completely fine to talk about an experience that you have had with perspective. So, uh, Landfill, I think you had something you wanted to share? Yes. So, and this is basing, I'm basing this actually off of my, my, uh, one thing we did for, for our dump, how I said about how don't ever, how, if you're going to be a great boss, ask your employees to do something before they're even clocked in. Had that happen to me. Really? Yes. I had that happen to me. Yes. Yes. It was like, right as I walked in the door, they, 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 they paged me like they had like an over like an intercom system and they paged me over the intercom system so somebody must have either looked at the schedule or was like waiting for me to come in before they were like oh like oh we're gonna get him now i've seen i've seen a couple bosses do that where um they would literally be waiting by the door for the coworker to come in before the coworker got to the time clock literally I, i i was working at a desk like right by the door and the boss was literally for about 10 minutes just pacing back and forth, waiting for the employee to get in so that they could tell them what they were going to be starting on that day. So wait, was the employee on time? Yeah, they were. The employee was, they were just waiting for that person in okay. case they were early. Okay, because I was just like, I, I was thinking to myself, I'm like, well, like, are they late? Like, like if they were late, like, I can understand, like, maybe, like, No, no, why, they weren't late. Like, yeah. I had a boss that did this a few wow. times. I had a boss, um... And I guess for Trash to Twenties, this will be a little more unstructured rather than, um, rather than um, like storytelling. A, yeah, more the storytelling. Well, it's a mini story. Sure. So I once had a boss um, that did something that really irked me. I'm a little prideful and stubborn. Um, that's something you guys know, baby, but that may not come. Well, actually, that might come through in the podcast when I talked about how judgmental I am in the well dressed episode. Um, yeah, maybe. Yeah, but I'm a, I'm a little. Um, prideful about the way that people will talk to me and conduct themselves in front of me. Now, granted, sometimes I have to check myself and realize I need to go down to a certain level and not put myself up on this pedestal. But when I'm working with people that are at my same level, um, intellectually or above mine in a position, I do have a certain... I know expectations are a hard thing to hold people to, but if I've established a relationship and I can know a little bit better of what to expect them, I do hold them to a certain standard. So with this boss, I did hold them to a good standard. I was working and I was talking to a co-worker of mine once and they came up to me and they were like, hey, what are you still doing here? And at this point, they were a good maybe 10, 15 feet from me. So they were starting a conversation from that angle and I was like, okay, whatever. Um, and like, they asked me, what am I still doing? I was like, oh, I'm like, uh, like I'm staying later. I got approved to, uh, to stay later. Right. And the person, the boss then put his finger up and wagged his finger at me um, as though I was dog uh, and said, no, 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 no. And oh, I um, hate that. And to be honest, I, I found that very disrespectful. Sure. It's um, yeah, it's because it's condescending because I'm not an employee that presents himself as somebody that is incapable of doing something. Mm. I pretty much just roll with the punches and do what I'm asked yeah. um, and, you know, try to keep some positivity going. And if Jesus. So you felt that like insulted your intelligence. I, I did because uh-huh. there are some employees that like in workplaces that I've had where they've had to have certain things explained to them multiple times or whatever. But I've made it very clear at that workplace at the time that, you know, if I didn't understand something, I would just ask a question or if right. not, I would just keep like going on. So I had set like right. a certain precedent. So I just felt a little insulting. Um, so they proceeded to go back and said like, no, 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 you need to leave now. And I said, oh, I cleared this with the supervisor and the supervisor was the supervisor of my supervisor. So it was my boss's boss. boss. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because what had happened earlier that day is that one boss told me to not, told me one thing and then another boss told me another thing. And I didn't like the idea that there were two people, two supervisors telling me two different things, like Mm -hmm. one of a department and one of another one. And I was confused, and so... You just went with your best judgment. Well, I went with my best judgment, but I also made sure that I went ahead to not just go off my judgment, but also to make sure I was covering my own ass. And I went to their boss. That's a no-no word. That's a no-no word? <laughs> I think ass is a completely yeah, fine, fine one in that context. I don't. It's I, fine. Yeah, I went to their boss and... Just to make sure you were doing things Exactly. Right. I was like, yeah. hey, I'll be honest with you. I'm a little confused because they kind of have like different things they're telling me. And I just want to keep things transparent. So this is uh, we needed somebody to stay late 
uh, because there was a, um, what do we need somebody to stay late? We needed someone to stay late because there was um, a lack of coverage. And so um, I agreed to like stay on and like help them out. And I told the the big boss this and the big boss apparently didn't know. And it was like, I'm completely fine with you land. Absolutely. Thank you for doing that. And it's like, okay, cool. So when my boss came up to me and then wagged their finger in my face, I felt a little insulted, but I was also willing to bet maybe my boss didn't know. Right. That didn't exchange the wagging the finger in my face. That's independent of you being lacking in a certain knowledge of something. Sure. Because you do not talk to another grown man that way. Yeah. So I let my boss know, hey, I talked to the big boss. They said I could stay. And then the big, and then my supervisor, instead of just going with that, they asked me, oh, you, you talked to so-and-so. And I said, yes, I did. And they asked me again. And I was like, I said I talked to them and like I laid out what had happened. It's like I was a little confused, so I just went and we just did this. And my supervisor, instead of just like kind of going with it, proceeded to ask me again if I understood this and if this is what was the case. And at this point, it just felt insulting because I had had no reason to lie or to be dishonest with them. Mm-mm. It's right. not my way I like to operate myself. So I just felt really insulting that, like, it'd be different if this was a supervisor that didn't know me. But this is the person I had been working under. So it just felt very, like, rude of a conversation. And instead of just kind of, like, backing off, um, my supervisor stopped me in the middle of talking. It was like, okay, fine, whatever. And then walked away (laughs) as opposed to apologizing for how they had conducted themselves. Now, granted, I have the perspective enough to realize people don't often know how they come off sometimes. I don't know how I can come off sometimes. So I can have that. And that situation at the time hadn't registered enough as something I felt the need to go up to them and explain to you, hey, I didn't like how that interaction happened. I'm not okay with it. Because even though it did bother me, and I'm talking about it on a podcast that at some point (laughs) could be on the internet for decades and decades, Mm. it hadn't registered that person hadn't done enough yet to kind of, for me to want to bring it up to them. I don't have a problem discussing something like that with someone. Right. But I definitely wasn't okay with it. So it just really irritated mm-hmm. me more in the way of, uh, it felt like an insult of my intelligence. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't like this was a new boss. I'd been working with them for like four or five months. Right. So, so, far they, point. so they had a base, they had a mm-hmm. basis knowledge of how you operated exactly. within the workplace. Awesome. And it felt very insulting. Mm-hmm. Granted, now this isn't as big of a deal of like someone being let go or something like that. Right. So I'm just talking about something. I'm, it's a yeah, story but, that's, uh, that I do remember sticking out and I, uh, yeah. just, it was just something a little irritating. I hate stuff like that. Cause I mean, communication can be so difficult in the workplace and I understand that, but it's not when it comes to a day-to-day thing like that, like whether or not you're going to stay a little bit late to help somebody take care of something, like if you clear it with your supervisor's supervisor, mm-hmm. you would think that they would say, oh, 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 okay, well, I'll go check with them Yeah, um, but just to make to... sure it's all cool. And like, is that so much to ask for? No, but to doubt me instead that I didn't yeah. know what I was talking about, that I hadn't taken the proper, I took the proper, proper channels procedures. of sure. communication yeah. in three different conversations with leadership. Right. And to have that one go on with the one that was my direct superior mm-hmm. felt incredibly insulting. And I also got that for that person at this job that they may not have been used to that level of like contemplation, empathy, or perspective right. in sure. a coworker. But that didn't make it any less frustrating. No, for me. Did they me. see it as like you undermining them? No, they didn't. Okay. No, um, they didn't the only at all. Thing that I could think. Like, I, even no, no I, I thought about that, but no, they didn't see that as no, not what, not no whatsoever. You know, and what I thought of, what I realized, and this is where I Logan, I feel that that extra perspective is also helpful, is none of this was my fault. That's what made it even more upsetting to me. But what I also realized is not only was this not my fault, this was a fault of the leaders not communicating with one another. Yeah. So this was their problem that I had to deal with the recipient of that I had to have my Lack supervisor of communication, yep. Have that my supervisor approach me in a completely unacceptable way. Yeah. But again, it's completely unacceptable to me. This isn't something that like is a fireable offense at all. I just found it a little rude. But sure. it for my code, sure, sure. it just wasn't to my liking. So I have that perspective as well. But um again, I'm just I love dearly the cha- the tonal changes of the show. Yeah, sure. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, 
I was thinking that, you know, uh, God, I, lo- I really love the Trashy 20 segment. Yeah. That was just to get kind of like real, you nice. know? Yeah. It's a... It's just a good chance to discuss, like, what's on your mind, like, the, anything that maybe, like, or something, even if it's not, like, anything that's bothering you, something that is, well, trash 20s stuff that's bothering you, but, <laughs> you know, typically. Th- typically, but things that you just want to get off your chest, basically. So. Yeah. It's nice. Do we, uh, do we want to go on to our last part of the show? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. I think so. <laughs> maybe feels a little bit sudden. It feels a little. But, um, you know what? All right, so it's time for our last part of the show. To be honest, this is one of my favorite parts because I, as somebody, it, it's our Rotten Rex segment. Our Rotten Rex is where each of the hosts will give something, will give a recommendation of something that they have enjoyed themselves mm-hmm. to one of the other hosts. Now, the Rotten Rex are not things that are bad. They're just something we just want one of the other hosts to see and to try. Sure. And each of the hosts will give a miniature review of their experience with the said wreck. So, last week... Um, Landfill, do you want to start? Last week, your record. I feel was... like we should finish with this. <laughs> <laughs> I, sure I will start. I will start. Okay, no, no, no. We, we, no right. I think it's a good ending. I, yeah. yeah. Oh, no, I'm sorry. You can start I, as well. Okay. Whatever you want to do. Yeah. All right. Um, so, what was your recommendation? So my recommendation was <laughs> was from Aaron. Um, and my recommendation, um, let's see if I can find it. Let's see if I can find it through mine was um, Sorry to Bother You. It was a movie called Sorry to Bother You. And basically it was a movie about a guy who works in, I believe it's a sales department, and he slowly goes through, um, as he works his way up through sales, it kind of shows... Do you want to do a spoiler warning? Oh, uh, yes. Yeah. There's a little bit of a spoiler warning. So as he works his way up through sales, he slowly sees... Basically it's like a corruption of the... Of the workplace or the work environment that he's involved in um and so i i the thing i liked about it was that like at least like at least for like a little while there was this part where i was like oh my gosh i can relate to this like so much as far as like the corruption within the workplace how within within those big i call them dystopian companies but those big corporations how people are just viewed as numbers or they're just viewed as bodies like oh hey can you come in and do this okay great if somebody else can't do it we'll do it for you so i was like wow that is so relatable mm-hmm. one thing i did not get <laughs> one thing i did not get what 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 in the hell what in the hell was with the horses what the hell <laughs> Do you want to do you want to tell them? Right. <laughs> do you want to tell them? So the there's so, oh man. So there is a uh, part in the movie where uh, the main protagonist uh, has a discussion with the main the main antagonist who's basically like the head boss of the organization he works for. I think Amazon, but like they turn people into horse horses. Horses, yes. Yeah, so they like so they turn people into horse people with huge penises, and I was like, <laughs> and I was like <laughs> again. I had to t- okay. Let me stop just for a second, Doctor Compos. I had to tell you this when we were recording our first few episodes. Penis is not a <laughs> word that could get an no, explicit. No, I wasn't. I wasn't saying that. I was just. I so was just so I was just. That's I was a- like, "What the heck is going on?" Yeah. Like. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I, yeah, so I was like a little that like, middle of the movie, man. <laughs> it just I was completely changes yeah, yeah, everything. Yeah. You're like, oh, like, you know what? This is gonna be like a casual, like you know, like it goes from like rags to riches. Nope, not yeah. not yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It turns into some weird like, sci-fi. Yeah. Um, it turns into like a weird sci-fi commentary on the workforce think, and unions and well, stuff. I think it was kind. Of, it's kind of like the mo- a modest proposal. Have you heard of a modest proposal? Yes, but I don't know what okay. it is. Um, a modest proposal is a classical piece of literature whose the author I can't. Well, maybe classical is not probably not the right word. It's a it's a famous work of literature um, where uh, the the author poses a theory or an idea for how to to solve a hunger strike or well a famine in Ireland. Right. Um, I believe it was Ireland, but basically it's eat babies. Really? Um, oh, and it's satire. So it's like they they go to the extreme where they're like, "That's obviously this is not what we're gonna do," but they want to they want to show how terrible things are and like show um, what uh, what they um, shoot 
they they want to they want to draw attention to this problem, right? Right. And so I think that's kind of what they're going for. And sorry to bother you, is that they're trying to draw that line between mega corporations and saying like, okay, obviously we know people aren't turning people into, into horses, horses, people, <laughs> into horses? But we to be know, the perfect worker. Right? Bojack but, but horse. We know that, looking like, at people are it. being worked to death, basically. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. So it was, so what did you think of the film like overall? Did you enjoy it? Did you not enjoy it? So it was it was it was definitely entertaining, especially like with the relatability of the whole like working like people working getting worked to death. Yeah, like, a, I was yeah. like I was like oh my gosh, this is relatable. Yeah, this is off. Like that's awful. Give me an X yeah. out of ten. <laughs> oh gosh, it'd be uh. like it'd be like four horse penises out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> oh. 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 <laughs> Um, are you getting, I would say... Are you getting bugged because I keep saying penis? No, it's fine. <laughs> There's a lot of penis in this episode. I would say... There really wasn't. Not until now, there wasn't. Not until now, there's not. No, I, I would say... I'd say like a five and a half, six, maybe. Um, I'd horse say penis that's reasonable. Out of five and a half, five and a half, six horse penises out of ten. <laughs> Uh, okay, all right. Cool. Aaron, Aaron, who handles uh, you know the the audio and whatnot, um, he doesn't edit the show, but he like well, yeah. handles the audio engineering as as we record. Is literally starting to sweat. <laughs> I, I think I am actually like. It is kind of hot in here. It a little bit, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> all right. So, do you want to talk about your sure? Rec? I had I was recommended to listen to Portamento by the Drums, <laughs> an um, album. And it was a, yeah, it's an album by the drums. Uh, and they are a band from New York. Um, they're pretty cool. I liked it um, enough. Uh, <laughs> enough that you had to stop in the middle of the album and be like, yeah. "All right, let's just go ahead and record." I know what I need to say, and you proceeded to take uh-huh. out your guitar and, and make fun and, of them. and to make fun <laughs> of them and be like, "All right, I, hey, I'm gonna play a song from this band." And he started to play. And then I was like, oh, did you finish the album? He's like, no, I have like five songs left. And I was like, go finish the album. Yeah, but, but I, I knew what I was in for. Uh, mm-hmm. This is my thing with a lot of bands like this where they write extremely rhythmic parts, but they're not really melodic, mm-hmm. right? So um, when I listen to music, when I'm listening, I typically like to listen for hearing interesting melodies and how people can work harmony, melody together and everything. Um, but there is like this really interesting subsection of rock music um, and I maybe say interesting lightly, um, where like instead of writing with melodic parts, people are typically writing like they're, it's almost like they're writing a soundscape, right? Of just these really rhythmic guitar parts that they're not changing pitch very much, um, and it's just like da 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 right? Like it it almost sounds like it's EDM played with a guitar. Um, and to me, that's like not exactly what I listen for when I listen to music. So. Um, it was interesting, um, but it's, it, it, I think it'd be something that if I were, like, playing a video game, or if I were, like, on my phone just chilling or something like that, like, I think I'd be okay listening to it, because mm-hmm. I can kind of turn off my brain and not focus on what's going on so much. Yeah. But I like listening for music and hearing how it changes over time, um, and hearing how people different, how, how that people use different aspects of music to change how the listener feels. Um, there's a, there's a concept of tension and release. In music that you build tension through harmony um, and you create these like these really tense moments in the music and then there's the release where everything kind of resolves and that tension is kind of let go and maybe something really beautiful starts to happen this is um, this is something that classical composers used frequently this is a concept from like classical theory um, and, uh, and, and to me, like, I really love hearing when a band can do something like that. So I listen to a lot of prog rock and things like that where they kind of take that idea in mind a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not saying that's a better form of music. I'm saying that I enjoy it more because um, I don't think you can ascribe value to a specific genre of music um, objectively. So, so what's, your, what's your out of 10? I'm going to give it a 5 out of 10 because mm-hmm. for me it was very middling. Okay. Yeah. All right, and so for me, Logan, you recommended to me Eric the in a video from Eric the Electric, who's um, this guy eats a lot. I don't know how to describe it. competitive eater. Is that the term? Yes, I yeah, say, yeah, I would say yeah. And basically, he ate the whole Chick Fil A menu in like one video, and Goodness no c- gravy. He spent he's like he sped it up so there was like no cuts and okay. whatnot. Holy and, crap! 
I love Chick-fil-A. Let's just make this very, very clear. That's a lot I, of Chick-fil-A. I know. Like, you said it to me, like, before the episode. I was like, ooh. I, got, I was like, I got this. Yeah, I watched it immediately. Because <laughs> you said Chick-fil-A, and I'm, I'm immediately in. Um, hey, hey, Chick-fil-A. I know they would never sponsor us. But, hey, hey give, give us money. Well, I mean, I've said penis so many times. Right. <laughs> At least it wasn't Big Blue Penis this time. Big Blue Penis. Well, our audience has no idea, like, what I that know. means. We'll see if it is a mystery for right now, though. <laughs> the Big Blue Penis. Um... But, um, yeah, you recommended to me, <laughs> tonal changes, you recommended to me Eric the Electric, um, he ate the whole Chick-fil-A menu, I don't really have much of a commentary, he seemed like a nice guy and he ate the whole menu, that's pretty much all I got, and to be honest, I watched the whole thing, it was entertaining, 7 out of 10, <laughs> sorry, uh, 7, I would give it 7 nuggets out of 10, but they don't make 10 piece nuggets, so I'm going to give it, uh, I'm going to give it 9 out of 12 count nuggets, <laughs> all right. It's time to recommend so we can close out the show. Okay. Okay. So. I will go first. Oh, you're okay. Yes, I'll go first. Uh, so my recommendation is to Aaron. I want you to check out an episode on the channel Biographics on YouTube. So Biographics is this, uh, it's basically a history channel where they give, where this guy, Simon, he gives all these different biography videos on sure. different like historical people. And oh, like cool. a lot of them are either like, People who like serial killers, there's like oh. historical figures, Great. there's there's pop culture icons, like everybody. So check it out. Um, choose any video you want and yeah. Sweet. Watch it. Yep. Sounds like playing me. All right. TJ. Okay. So Dr. Compost is looking at me oh, with, with, with a look in his eye that says, I hated this recommendation that I gave you. No, no, no. And now I'm going to punish you for it. It's I just want the audience to know what he looks like it's right now. It's not that I hated it. Oh, hey. Um, it's not that I hated it. Um, my band just got followed by Chick-fil-A um, on, on, on Instagram. Wait, was it like... That's insane. Is it like verified Chick-fil-A? Uh, it's like the Chick-fil-A of our area. Holy shit. Wait, really? Yeah. Dude. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> Wait, what's your band? Do you want to plug your band? Um, Space Between Harrisburg. It's the Camp Hill Chick-fil-A. Yo, <laughs> that's... following us. That they have a Spotify oh. account is what's more f fascinating. Wait, wait. This is... Okay. This... Oh, boy. That's like... So we're recording still. <laughs> so... Yeah, I know. Sorry. There's a, whole, there's a whole other story. Maybe we'll get to that at some point. Maybe we should Probably get that not. in the next show. All right. Okay, so, uh, for those of you who also don't know, uh, Space Between actually uh, does our intros and our transitions. Oh, that's right, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, it's your band, man. <laughs> yeah, we do. Um, so the, What's uh, your rec for me? The uh, intro for our... Uh, we'll, we'll, we can plug that in the credits at mm -hmm. the end. Uh, what's, right. Okay. So so um, what's your rec so, for me? So Where I do you want, want me you to, go? to listen to... Okay. <laughs> I don't like the look that you have on your face. The songs. Okay. Welcome to the Black Parade. Okay. Um, hmm, let's see, dead, okay, it's dead, D-E-A-D, -E with an exclamation point at the end. I'm just going to ask you for this one, we're not recording. <laughs> yeah, I know, um, and this is how I disappear, okay, by what? the band My Chemical Romance. Oh, God, yes! <laughs> oh, God, oh, can this be my last episode of the show? Ah, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they are so not my thing, man. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. The audience has Have no... Have you ever listened to them? I've heard a cover of that song, Sing, that was done by the Glee Club. Yeah, but Sing's not even one of their best songs. I... I think you might dig it more than you realize. <sighs> I, I think... I think... This, this, this feels this feels like you're trying to hurt me. I'm not trying to hurt you. Because <laughs> you know I'm not, like, into rock bands or stuff. Uh-huh. Oh, okay. All right. I think you might like it. Okay. Oh, all right. This I have completely lost all motivation. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. All right, let's let's do this show. Okay. So my recommendation to you, uh, Logan Landfill, I've, I've been kind of tossing between a couple of different recommendations for you, but there's a show that um, Nada Compost introduced me to uh, a few months ago that you know about that I happen to also enjoy a lot now. It's a show called Letter Kenny. Okay. So I would like for you to watch the first. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a big task here, okay? So I'm gonna want you to watch the first season of Letterkenny. It's six episodes. Okay. Okay, so it's far more manageable. If that is too far of an undertaking, I will recommend specific episodes for you to watch that I think are like pretty good stands out standouts. That should be that should be fun. Yeah, but I um that is what my recommendation is going to be 
to you. Actually, I would recommend either season one or season two, which is also okay. six. Hulu? Yes. Okay. It is. Cool. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Cool. Thanks so much, everybody, for listening to the Team Trash Cast. Our theme song is written by the band Space Between. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and Spotify. Our show is edited by Bethy G, and the show is hosted by TJ, Aaron, and Logan. And thank you all for listening. Smell, Smell you later. later.